I won't forget. Please don't put the scriptures up this time. (laughs) We're going to make our confession before God, a declaration before our God. Let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Amen. Covenant covering. God is a covenant curtain God. He loves to cut covenant. I know we are aware of the covenant of our Lord Jesus, of the, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, the New Testament covenant, and we are also aware of the Old Testament covenant. But God never stops to cut covenant. God will not deal with anybody. God will not ask you to do anything without cutting a covenant with you. Whenever God has an assignment for you, he's cutting a covenant. You don't know, but David actually had a covenant with God under the Abrahamic covenant. David had a covenant with him. God told him, look, through you, my son is going to come. That was a covenant under the Old Testament covenant, under the Abrahamic covenant that God made with with David, and God will not forget it. You see, God will always respond to his covenant. When God gives a covenant with you, and you meet your end of the covenant, God will always remember his covenant and come to fulfill his part of the covenant. Let me share this scripture with you in Exodus chapter 6. And this was right before God delivered the children of Israel from Egypt. God said to Moses, I am the Lord. In other words, he's saying, I am Jehovah. I appeared to your father Abraham, to Isaac and Jacob as Elohim, God Almighty. He says, but by my name, Lord, my name Jehovah, the God who is ready for a fight. Ready to deliver. Ready to set free. Ready to bless his people. When God's ready to deliver you, he knows he's the God of the whole world, but this time he's fighting for his child to bring deliverance. He said, by my name, Lord, that's Jehovah, I was not known to them. They never heard the word Jehovah or Yahweh from God. They never called him that. It said, God said, I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan. Now, this is the key thing. Every time God gives a covenant, the covenant is based on what he wants to give you. He's based on what he wants to give you. It's a promise. A covenant is a promise. When God gave David the promise, my son is going to come through you, the house of David, 
that was a covenant. So God cuts a covenant because he wants blood in it because he's going to be done. It's going to be established. It says, I, I have also established my covenant. It's not something to be done. It's already established. It's going to happen. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan. God's going to be giving you a lot of stuff this year. Amen. This is a year of crossing over. And we are coming under that covering of the covenant of the living God. So that we can walk as free people on the earth. So God's giving us this covenant. Giving them this covenant to give them the land of Canaan. The land of pilgrimage in which they were strangers. It's like something that is so far you can't reach it. But you've seen it with your eyes. And God says, I'm going to give it to you. Amen. You're like a stranger to that thing. But God's put it in your heart. I'm making a covenant with you. Some of us are in, some, in a place right now, just like my wife said, God's giving you a dream. That's the covenant. It came from him. You play your part, and he'll finish it. I always want to let people know, when God starts something, he finishes it. That's what I know. Once I know God started something in my life, I don't know the path that God's going to take to get it done. But I know, according to the scriptures, when God starts anything, he finishes it. Nobody stands in his way. He is going to finish it. God will always finish what he starts. So God says he's going to give it to them. And he was talking to, to Moses. He says, and I have heard... Verse 5, I have heard the groanings of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. So I, am now, I have now come down to take care of that groaning problem. Every time God hears you groan, because of something that the devil is doing in your life against you. You are groaning. There is pain. There is discomfort. When you groan and you are a child of God, God remembers his covenant. And then he comes to fight for his child. He reveals himself as Jehovah. Every time you cry about a problem... That is contrary to what God has promised you in the scriptures. Every time you are in pain over that thing, God hears you groaning. He hears from heaven and that's what he told Moses. Now, when I heard them groaning, I remembered my covenant that I'm going to give them the land. And because of their groaning, time has come for me to finish it. I'm going to finish it right now. It may not be an easy road. You may have to go through the Red Sea. You may have to go through a little wilderness. But God started his work. And he completed. He'll get you to your promised land. God is a covenant keeping God. He remembered his covenant to, to his children. And God will follow through in whatever he's promised us as children of God. Every child of God is a covenant child. And you know what's happening to Israel. Because of the promise that God gave 
years, thousands of years ago. Everyone knows what God has been doing to the children of Israel. Because of the promise, even up till this day. It's a small nation, surrounded by enemies, and yet powerful. They've turned a desert into something unusual. They have so much in the land and so much wisdom. And everywhere they go, God is with them. Why? Because God made a promise to Abraham. A covenant with Abraham. God never forgets his covenant. And when you groan, he hears. Every time you groan, he hears. Give me some scripture here. Um, Romans chapter 8. Verse 26 and verse 27. Every time you groan under that pain, maybe you can't pay the bills and you're groaning. It's been a long time. You're thinking, what do I do? How can I come out of this? I'm in bondage. Whatever it is. Maybe it's a habit. Whatever it is that you're trying to break, but you're groaning and it's hard for you. You've done everything you know to do. You're crying to God, help me. He hears from heaven. The Bible says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we don't know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with what? Groanings. Groanings that cannot be uttered. And God himself, who searches the heart, knows what's in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And God's will for you is good. is the best. God's will for you is good. So when something is attacking your life and is contrary to the will of God and you groan in the Spirit and you're crying in the Spirit, God hears from heaven and he remembers his covenant. And he comes down just like he did with the children of Israel. He said, if you don't let my people go, I'll kill all of your children. I'll kill your firstborn. I mean, I'll turn your land. You have to let them go. That's what, when the devil sees God come down to deliver you, he says, this is real trouble. What are we going to do now? They have to let you go. You're going to be free. So every child of God has to come under the covering of this covenant. They had their their, their covenant in the Old Testament, the promise sealed with blood. Because the life of the flesh is in the blood. So their covenant was sealed with blood, but it was the blood of animals. And God had respect for the blood of animals to that covenant. But our covenant, the covenant that we are under... He is sealed with the blood of God's own Son. Once you receive Christ as your Savior, it's because we don't have knowledge. We're coming back to, we're coming to that. Once you have accepted Christ as your Savior, you come under the covering of His covenant to be blessed, to be an example to the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid, Jesus said. For everybody to see. That's what God's given to us as children of God. We just don't know this. But there is a path to it. And sometimes there is a little suffering to it. But we're going to get in there. We're going to get there. And he leads us in the paths of righteousness for what? For his name's sake. He has a special will for your life. 
Stay put. Don't run ahead. Stay with him. You're going to get there. When he starts it, all I have to know is, is God in this? In this? Yeah. Once I know God's in it, I know I'm going there. I'm going to arrive. No doubt about it. The Bible tells us in Psalm 74 verse 20, speaking to God, have respect to the covenant. Have respect to the covenant. For the dark places of the earth are full of haunts of cruelty. So the only covering you can have from the dark places of the earth that is full of cruelty, haunts of darkness, is under the covering of the covenant. So when, if God has respect for his covenant, you don't have to worry about the haunts of cruelty on the earth. That word haunts means habitation of trouble, cruelty. That's the meeting place where Satan plans against our lives, your life and my life. If you don't think, if you think that it's only in offices where the CEO and everybody else meets, uh, that's spiritual. God has meetings. If you read in Job, remember, God was having a meeting and Satan showed up. And God says, hey, Satan, where have you been? He says, to and fro on the earth. Satan was attending meeting. I'm sure he was sitting in a corner because uh, he couldn't have a good, no one give him a good seat, okay? <laughs> so he's sitting in a corner just spying. He's thinking, what's going on here? What are they planning now? I don't understand all of that, but it's in the scriptures. He was there in the meeting. But God saw, oh, stranger, you're here. Uh, what have you been doing with yourself? He says, oh, I've been going to and fro on the earth. And God says, have you considered my servant Job? He said, yeah, I know that guy. Uh, that's the gospel according to good luck, okay? He says, well, I know that fellow. I've been watching him. And God says, you know, there's nobody like him. And Satan says, yeah, I understand that. You, you've put all kinds of stuff around, wall around him. We can't even touch him. But you see, Satan, I don't know how many times Satan came around to check if the walls were down. <laughs> and how many meetings he had himself with his fellows about Job. If you don't think Satan meets, read Isaiah chapter 54. Verse 15, it says, Indeed, they shall surely assemble. They mean the enemies, Satan. They shall surely assemble, but not by me. I didn't send them to assemble. But when they assemble, Satan is actually planning against your life. Your name is on the agenda. For what evil they will do to you. That's what it means by haunts of cruelty, habitation of cruelty, stomping ground for trouble, where they are fermenting trouble to lay upon your life. And with, but if God has respect to his covenant, then you are covered from all of that. Then Satan cannot touch you just like he couldn't touch Job. He can't touch you. They can't even take your life. They can't put sickness in you. 
They can't do anything. They'll try, but they'll fail. This is what the scripture says. They will assemble, they will surely, notice the word surely, no doubt about it. They will surely assemble, but not by me, not because of me. I didn't send them. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Don't fall. Don't matter what, who they are. Demons, men, whoever. Enemies at the place of work, they are planning to, to get rid of you, make you look bad. Uh, they can gather themselves in a corner and talk about you. If you are under the covering of the covenant, something is going to blow up in your face. And then they realize, we shouldn't have been messing with this fellow. Leave him alone. So the Bible tells us in verse 17, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, he says, condemn it. That voice is condemned. You can, you know, take it to the bank. But years ago, I understood the scripture when I was in Texas A&M. A foreigner, no green card, can't work, only on campus. And they gave me a job on campus. And uh, if they cut me off that job, schooling ends. Uh, because nothing was coming from home. And school fees was pretty high. That was the only way to get, get uh, my way through school. But from time to time, the head of department will write a memo and say, uh, students, those of you that have been uh, student teachers for so 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 two years, uh, consider we're going to be letting you off. You got to get, find a way to get your money. And all those foreigners, including the Americans, all of them were worried in their office. And I sit in my chair, and I'm doing my stuff. And uh, a crime comes, he says, good luck, did you receive the memo? I say, I did. But you're not acting like, because everybody's sad, you know, walking, oh, we're going to have trouble. I said, uh, I'll say to them, he didn't hire me, he can't fire me. God gave me the job, and he cannot, there's no way he has the permission to fire me, because God knows I can't go out to get a job, I don't have a green card. So he cannot fire me. They'll look at me like, huh? What gives you this kind of confidence? This man was paying me after I graduated. He was still paying me. After I graduated, we had Omar. And uh, before we had Omar, I, tell, I said, you know, I'm going to be graduating soon. And my son, before I get to my next job, I need to, be, uh, I need to have insurance. And so I need you to continue to pay me, even though I am graduated. He said, he said, he said ah, I'm not going to coach you. You think I'm an evil person? I'll pay you. I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. God will take care of his own. He gave his son, and the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, if God did not spare his own son, but he delivered him for us all, what is he going to win? What's more important? What's more precious than his son that he gave to us? He, through him, he said, he'll, give, he'll freely give us all things. So God will take care of his own. We don't live by the economy of the United States. That's not what determines your lot in life. You, if you think that way, that's what God is going to allow in your life. 
I don't live by that guy paying me. That's my point. He didn't employ me. If, he, if, he ha- if God gave him the right to, empl- to fire me, God will open something bigger. I knew that. So I had no, there's no way to lose sleep on that. I'm not living by the finances of Texas A&M. I got one from over there. And God will take care of his own when he remembers his covenant. So we are covenant children of the living God. When God has respect to his covenant, he'll take care of you. There's no need to be afraid of anything. This is what Jesus will say to you. Don't be afraid. Only believe. All things are possible. Because your part to this covenant is to believe. And if you believe, God is faithful to his part. He will always do his part. So we have this covenant with the Lord. There are two sides to this covenant. God has this side, and we have our own side, our side. God is ever faithful to his covenant. The only variable part of the covenant is with us. And this covenant that we have with God, notice in the scriptures, God will also always say, if you do this and that, then you will get this and that. That's the covenant. Your part is to do what he said. If you do your side, God will surely do his side. God, but God is faithful to his covenant. He never forgets it. We are on the variable side of the covenant. We can be unfaithful. We can have reasons not to believe. We can walk away from him. But the good thing about it is, Jesus is also on our side. You know that? He is a man. Even though he is God. There is a man sitting with, uh, in, with God when Jesus rose from the dead. Before he came to the world, Jesus didn't have any body. Physical body. He never had that. But after he became a man, he took that same body because after he rose from the dead, he said to his disciples, give me something to eat. I'll eat before you. Why don't you handle me? You notice he said to them, I'm not a spirit. Spirits don't have flesh and bones. Like you see me have. So right, he went with that body right to the Father's throne. So on the, thr- on the throne of God today, there is a man that looks like us. Sitting in the position of power. And he is on our side. So when we are flaky, just because we have him on our side, he gives us strength. And because he steadies us, God then can fulfill his desire. Amen? That's why he's the Savior. It has to be through him. When I trust in him, that's what that man said. I, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And Jesus turned and gave the miracle. So even though we are not perfect in our, on our own end of the covenant, because of Jesus that's on our side, just by telling him to help you, makes your end of the covenant perfect. And God says, that's it. I, found, I got it. They've done their part because Jesus did it for us. Amen? And then God comes and covers you with his covenant. Amen? That's wonderful. 
God will always do his part of the covenant. The Bible tells us, and as I'm going to say, this is kind of wrong here. Because he's saying 315, that's frightening. <laughs> I took just to see if I have more time and I look, 315, oh no. <laughs> But notice what God says here. I've said to you, when God makes a promise, that's his covenant. It says in Psalm 89 verse 34, My covenant I will not break. My covenant I will not break. I believe that Angel and I have a covenant with God. Because in, 2000, in the year 2000, probably around April, God spoke to us about starting, going out for ministry. He started small, and God has a way of confirming His covenant. We were in a church, the same scripture God had given to us, that's the same scripture the man who was speaking spoke to the church. And it was an amazing thing, because we were sitting right there, the guy was playing uh, his uh, song, Angela and I had tuned off because we didn't like that style of music, you know. And... Uh, but an angel turned to me and said, uh, what scripture did God give you the other time? And I said, uh, turn to that scripture. I gave her the scripture. And she was there. At that time, I already knew God had called us, but I was afraid to talk to my wife about this, you know. <laughs> Our life was going to be changed completely. I was really scared. I was telling God, you got to help me with this because there is no telling this. Uh, my precious wife is going to be, I like, I like peace, you know. <laughs> If she doesn't like it, we're not going to... How many know if mama ain't happy? Oh, uh, yeah. Man, you better t- take note. Write it down. <laughs> if you haven't heard it, write it down real good. You need mama always happy. If you want... Like Michael says to me, do you want to be right or you want to be happy? If you're insisting on me right, you are going to be very unhappy. So let mama be right and you'll be happy. Okay? And I've learned that trick. Amen. So I have a wonderful home and we enjoy each other. Uh, uh-oh. Did I kick myself again? <laughs> well, let's come back to the sermon, Okay. My covenant I will not break. I will not break. Nor alter the word that has gone out of my mouth. So every word that you read in the scripture is a potential covenant. Cannot be altered. Every word you read in the scripture is a covenant. It's your Bible. You bought it, right? If you have your Bible in your hand, that's your Bible. If you're reading it, that's God speaking to you from your Bible. It's your Bible. And every time God speaks a word to you of promise, that's a promise to you. He knew you would have that book in your hand. Or these days you have your tablet, you know. Or iPhone, where you read... But some guys don't come to church with uh, their Bibles anymore. And I'm wondering, what's happening to them? He doesn't go to church with Bible. What's wrong with him? They have everything in their phone phone right now. But the point is, 
once you read from the scripture, God's speaking to you. He knew you'll be reading his word. That's the covenant. And God says, my covenant, I will not break nor alter the word that's gone out of my mouth. So every word is a potential covenant between you and God and sealed with the blood of Jesus. All you have to do is fulfill your own end of the covenant and God will fulfill his own end. The Bible tells us in uh, Numbers 23, verse 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie. I wonder why God should tell us this. He's trying to assure us that you can trust this. You can take this to the bank. When I make a promise, I'm going to keep it. God is not a man that he should lie. He won't alter his word. He's already said, my covenant I will not break. I won't alter the word that's come out of my mouth. And then God saying to me, God is not a man that he should lie. You know, a man will give you a promise. I'm going to give you $5,000. But he's not aware that there is a bill coming uh, in the mail, uh, $5,000 that he has to pay. And so he pays that bill, and now you show up. He says, you know, I really want to do it, uh, but uh, I can't do it right now. But God doesn't have to do that. God doesn't have to do that. He has all the resources. So God can meet that need. So God says, I am not a man that, shall, that can lie, nor the son of man that will repent or go back on his word. I can't do it. I take back my word. God, never do, does, God will never do that. God cannot say, many times I've said I take back the words. No, God will never say a thing and then say I want to take it back. It doesn't happen. Because God and his word are one and the same. God and his word are one and the same. So when you get promise from God, if you receive it, you just accepted God into your life. Because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. God cannot alter his word. If he alters his word, his promise, he has altered himself, then he is no longer God. So you can actually trust in God's word. That's why we come to church. So that you can, you can be encouraged to know, I'm going to put my life on there. You have to be willing to put your life on God's word and his promise. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew that they were children of God. They knew. And so when they were threatened with fire from the furnace, they were not concerned. They said, our God is able to deliver us from your hand and from that furnace. But even if he chooses not to, we don't care. And guess what? Jesus was already in the fire before they got there. No, they said, there's a fourth man in the fire. The, the Nebuchadnezzar said, I see four people. Well, if Jesus was not in there, <laughs> uh, everything would have been over for these kids when they went in there. But Jesus was already there waiting for them. Wouldn't you really love Jesus to be there waiting for you? He gave them status. When they came back out, I'm sure Nebuchadnezzar would sit with them and say, who was that fourth person there with you guys? And he said, that's our God. And if you don't act right, he's going to get you. (laughs) I says, what does he want? Then you can name your price at this point. Tell him he wants you to promote us. Say, yeah, you are already promoted. Don't care. Whatever you tell him. He's afraid. That's the God we serve. 
That's the God. That's why we say God is good. Because he can always take care of us. He is a good God. I know me. I know that I can be not doing exactly what God wants me to do. You struggle. We're human beings. I'm not perfect. But I can trust in his promise. And the fact that I have Jesus with me. That's all that I need. I have Jesus in my heart. That's what's going to carry me through. And that's all we need. Jesus in our heart. Carrying us through. God will never alter. If he has spoken. He says if he has said he'll do it. If he has spoken. He will make it good. God will make it good. All you have to do is come under that covering of God's covenant for you. That's all you need. The covenant is called the secret place of the Most High. It's the secret place. God will meet all your needs. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Come under that covering. Come under that covering. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 13. Even if, he says, even if we are unfaithful, God remains ever faithful. The covenant of God is enforced today. But when we look at the church, you wonder, what's really going on here? Why is it that we don't see the force of the covenant? It used to really bother me. I wanted to see these things that I read in Acts of the Apostles, people getting healed, all kinds of miracles happening, and people's needs being met. But God is still here. Why is it that we don't see the full force of the covenant today? There are two reasons that we don't see that. And um, if you want to hear them, come back next Sunday. I want to keep you guys. I love you guys. So come back. (laughs) Come back. (laughs) But the two, the number one thing is we are not aware of all that the covenant offers. We don't know it. We don't know everything that the covenant offers. That's what Jesus meant when he said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Because until you know the truth, you can never be free. But once you know the truth, nothing can hold you down. Satan knows he's lost you. He's he's gone. There's nothing that can be done. Once your eyes are open to the truth, you are halfway there. Because the truth will give you faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So once you know the truth, faith is born inside of you. And God can never overlook faith. That's not God. Once he sees faith, he will endorse it. When I pray with people and they are not healed, and if you ask me, I'm not going to talk about anointing or anything. I will tell you plainly, I was really struggling believing, okay? (laughs) But yes, I would rather say that because that's the truth. 
than to put the blame on God. I need to go fast and pray, spend time with the scriptures than to say, well, uh, I don't think God wants to heal you because uh, I know I'm having trouble here. So God will always keep that. But the reason why we are not being, we are not seeing the force of the covenant in full force in, in my life and in the church is because we are not aware of all that the covenant offers. The Jewish people, they know that they are children of God. They, somehow they know that. They don't follow Christ, but they know that they are blessed people. They know they are the chosen ones. And look at what God's doing with them in their country. With all the enemies, they are still surviving. I haven't been there, but they are telling me that these people have converted the desert into something that is, is an amazing thing. They have everything. Small nation. And God's blessing them. We had a Jewish man that came to our church years ago. Um, Rose, if you remember him. He heard me speaking. And he said, you know, you really helped me today. And I didn't understand <coughs> Excuse me, what he was saying. He said, uh, you know, before I became a Christian, he said, uh, as a Jewish family, we all believe, everybody in the house believed because we're Jews, we're going to make it. And he said to me, if anyone said in the house, for example, if you can't pay your bills, everybody would turn around and it's like, who said that? Well, what was that? Where did that come from? That's not for the Jew. That's for them. The Gentiles. I was shocked to hear that. He said, but after I got to be a Christian, they started teaching me to get poor. <laughs> That that was real humility. So he believed the lie. It's not that every Christian is going to be a millionaire, but God will meet your need. God has a way to meet your need. All you have to do is come under the covering of the covenant. There is a covenant for us. And every time you groan, and I'm going to close with this, every time you groan, God will hear and remember his covenant. Just because the covenant is, uh, is there doesn't mean God will respond immediately. But God will always respond when there is groaning. Remember Hannah, the mother of uh, Samuel? When that thing was really hurting her, she's been, she left, lived with it. But God had made a promise. In Exodus 23, God made a promise. No one will be barren in the land. And she knew it. That's why it was so painful to her. Because the suggestion was, maybe God's not pleased with you. Because she was doing everything right. They couldn't have a baby. And so she was tormented by Penina because she couldn't have one. And when it got really painful, she groaned. She went in and was speaking. You couldn't hear, but her mouth was moving. And God remembered his covenant. None shall be barren. And when God remembers, he gives you something so precious because Samuel grew up to be the prophet of the land. And then God added more children to Hannah. Every time you groan, God's going to answer. I need us this morning, if you have something that you are groaning about, I want to let you know that God has heard your groanings. Amen? God's heard your groanings. Just relax. Don't get worried because God's going to take care of you. All you have to do is come under the covenant.
before we close, I will go to Psalm 91. Give me Psalm 91 verse 1. Psalm 91 verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide. And God says, I will cover you with my feathers. And under my wings, you take refuge. When I see the blood, there could be plague in the land. It will pass over you. No pestilence. What's the secret place? Where do you go to find the secret place? Well, let's go to the Ark Fellowship. No, that's not it. (laughs) That's not it. The secret place is the born-again experience. Once you are born again, just like the Jew, you have entered into his secret place. But God wants you to abide in the secret place. So that you are always covered. Always covered. No matter what is happening. And we can, uh, this message on Wednesday, I'm going to break that down. To go into some things that should never, should and couldn't ever come into your life. When you are under that covering. And if you believe it, God will keep his own end of the covenant. So that those things don't come near your dwelling. We read this scripture, we say, ah, nice. But God really means what he said. Because every scripture, every promise is sealed with the blood of his son. And God cannot overlook the seal of the covenant. And every time you cry, just like the rainbow, God sees the blood and the covenant. And he comes down to fight on your behalf. Amen. Bow your heads with me today. What you need to do today is to come under that covenant. Some of us are not living comfortably under the covenant. You're born again, but you're not living comfortably under it. There are a lot of things happening in your life, and sometimes maybe you're not really living right. But you made a commitment to God. You can enter into a commitment, a covenant today, and you know, I didn't speak this, the message this morning, because that's what I want to It's because of you. And God's wanting you to come under that covenant so you are protected from everything that's happening in the world today. Why don't you turn everything to God and say to God, I'm going to make you first. See, when Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added, If you do that, then you enter into a covenant with him. He's going to add those things. But you got to come under that covenant. You're here this morning. You you gave your life to Christ before, but you are not truly following. But you want to do that. Unless he gives you strength, you can't do it on your own. Maybe this is the first time. But you want to give everything to God. You've done it your way. And God's saying, I've been knocking on your door for these many years and months. 
Would you open so that I can come in? Jesus said his father himself and the spirit of God will come and make their living, dwelling with you. That's his promise. That's the covenant. All eyes closed this morning. Head bow. How many here will say, I want that. I'm going to give everything to God. Put your hand up here. Thank you. Thank you. See that hand. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. And you know what? God saw that. God saw your hand raised. And you have honored him by doing that this morning. And he will bless you. What you just did by raising your hand is saying, God, I want to enter into a covenant with you. So that you can be my God and my Savior. To deliver me from all troubles. And God's going to do that today. Those of you that raise your hand and everybody else, would you pray with me? As we ask Jesus to come and be Lord. Let him be Lord of my life. Take over my life. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus of Nazareth, into the world to be my Savior. Lord Jesus, I receive you today as my refuge, my hiding place, my covering from the enemy. Thank you, God. Be the Lord of my life. Help me with the issues in my life so that I can please God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.